The International Collegiate Programming Contest or ICPC is an algorithmic programming contest for college students and is considered as perhaps the most prestigious programming contest in the world. We had the great pleasure of having Sai Vikaneshwar from the 2009 to 2013 batch who talks about his passion for problem solving and competitive programming in his college days. He went on to train a batch of students that qualified for the ICPC Internationals. He's completed his PhD titled Studying Functional Aggregate Queries Through a Magnifying Lens: New Results in Theory and Practice. And is currently a software developer at Amazon. He stresses on the importance of enjoying what you do and focusing on the process, not the result. Today's episode is hosted by Abhijit Ramesh and Yash Khare, who talked to Sai Aitan about his experience mentoring students, his love for math, some future advice, and a lot more. Welcome to the Amphos podcast. So, hi Sai Aitan, it's a pleasure to have you here. So, today we'll start with a podcast about, uh, like, we'll just talk to you generally about what the club experience was for, uh, like, was like for you and. How did you get into the work you are doing right now? So, could you just start by telling us a bit about what you are doing and like how was the club for you when you joined the club back in your time? It was like the initial, basically the initial days. So, how was it for you back then? Hi, uh, yes, Anubhiji, thanks for having me here. Uh, so, regarding the my entry into the club, uh, I would say it was an accident. So, what happened was that at that time there was no. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, amrita research labs is still around or it's been converted to something else so we used to have a dedicated lab called amrita research lab which is uh, in actually the third floor and it used to be a it used to be a wing and uh, wepenser actually had like a lab space there which uh, he used to use for people who are generally working with him on finally projects and open source contributions and so on so that was sort of like a version of the club then and it was exclusive access so you really need to know wepenser very well before you get a kind of permission to get into that lab and uh, uh, i was generally interest, interested in math and i was working with a couple of seniors uh, to who wanted some someone on their icpc so icpc is like this programming contest that happens annually and amrita is one of the centers that hosts the uh, the continent level regions uh, regionals uh, the asia regionals so we were preparing for that and we didn't have a place to go prepare because uh, the college labs were not like very conducive in the sense they used to close up at like 4:35 and one of the seniors akilesh he knew weapons before and uh, he went and asked the professor saying that hey can we like come and practice here and after <laughs> i think for some initial level of hesitation professor <laughs> was like okay fine uh, you guys can come and train here and i got into the zone and that's how i really got into the club and well, what we had then slowly started evolving into what aim forces now so would you say that this was the starting like i think some of your batchmates might, might be doing open source contributions and things like that when you were around so how would it uh, whoever was doing icpc like including you and the seniors that you were talking about how do you maintain that focus and kind of not divert from that part and continue 
uh, working on that while others were running open source contributions other even better more people were trying to do cyber security and things like that. uh so yeah that's actually like a good way to classify what was going on so on one side you had icpc and one side you had bias which was doing this ctf contest and you had the open source people and you also had the final year project or uh, even gsoc i would say somewhat like again falls in the open source contribution thing right the nice thing was that uh, we all used to interact with each other and there was a certain level of focus in our individual streams so and this was mostly ensured by pinzer because we were all pretty much kids right i mean we didn't know much so and we it was very natural for someone to get distracted and go to try do something what not but he always ensured that we focus on our streams and i remember one of the first things that is done now uh, which which i would take like to take credit for as a icpc thing was looking for first years so uh, before uh, my time we didn't have this idea of bringing in first years we always wanted people to bake and get them around like the third year of sorts i told vipin sir that getting people that time for icpc was not like uh, it's not going to be very useful you need to train from the first year and he was somehow sold on that idea and that's when we started uh, bringing first years into the picture and i think this is an effect that you guys have also seen yeah that's very true like i think nowadays like all the admissions most of the joining of fam fast club starts from first year and they trained from right the beginning and most of the people who stay for all the four years continue mentoring students after they are employed and doing their higher studies are mostly people who start off with their first years yeah so that started in uh, probably like in uh, I would like to say my final year that's when we started this mission message right i think that was really a very good turning point into how things were going on in uh, the club i think so and even the first uh, people started getting it not not only in icpc but people started getting more focus into how uh, you know even open source and other things much uh, faster like when they started from the first year uh, even abinandatan uh, got his gsoc in his first year and then uh, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that started happening <laughs> and yeah. actually like we went much far with this uh, okay i, I shouldn't say we because after that it was taken on mostly by weapons and other folks so then it was like hey the first year is also not enough so then we started going to high school and we started doing things there like uh, encouraging people to uh, like pick up uh, i think we conduct some security sessions for high schoolers we also have some problem solving and things like that going on. yeah uh, in city of junior i think as we were talking about the security sessions that was conducted for high school students like this year we got like a recognition from uh, cbc and we almost have like 50000 to 1 lakh registrations on nctf junior fantastic yeah it's <laughs> nice to hear yeah so like you were talking about icpc so how was icpc for you like how did you start with it get up, like go about it and like how was the experience of uh, qualifying for the finals like mentoring the team which got into finals and, like how was the entire experience Mm, i would say yeah so one thing was i didn't know about icpc uh, until i uh, came to our college and uh, I, i i hated programming and i sucked at it also and these two were correlated 
so yeah, but i i really like math i i still love math in fact like so much that my thesis was somewhat on applied math during my phd and uh, programming especially this icpc kind of problem solving really gave an outlet for a good outlet for me to channelize a lot of my mathematical skills so it's like how these artists sort of find cinema right because cinema gets you like a wider reach and when you're doing let's say you're just singing at home or you're singing to your family you get like a much larger audience so icpc was that for me i would like to think it gave a platform to really like put a lot of your problem solving math skills into practice and you can see nice results in. and uh, i uh, add about uh, this is not like blowing my own trumpet or something but uh, icpc was also then the cool thing you know? so <laughs> when people when you walk by people typically look at you they identify as this as you as this icpc guy because icpc guys typically went on to work for google facebook and all these top companies uh, they were they were the they were touted to be the smartest of the lot per se so in that sense it was very nice it was a good feeling to be in that was already like enough motivation to pursue this and in terms of the training like i said so once we got we i mean yeah initially when we started this whole icbc mission vipin sir and i both were like kind of clueless because i was also just picking up learning things and he was also like working with someone for the first time who wanted to do this stuff like very seriously so we were pretty much like and maybe this is why some of those ideas i feel were uh, i wouldn't call them revolutionary but uh, uh, somewhat like off the track because the thing was we didn't have any ideas so we went for what we got so okay you you are getting you want to get we had people like who came in who dropped out there the dropout rate for icpc was somewhere like i would put it at like 90 95% we had people who would come in in the second year and then after one year they would be like no i don't want to do this i'll rather do something else kind of thing so you were not getting bang for the buck for so we were like okay let's find first years even if they don't want to do icpc maybe they'll they, they are already like pretty solid people like pretty good like you guys for instance so we can use them at least in like some other domain maybe they we can give them security contests or maybe we can give them like uh, open source contributions but at least we'll get people and uh, and i would say the world finals the what whatever happened for two consecutive years was just a nice result of like this years of uh, kind of meticulous training Uh, more more importantly nurturing this environment where people were like serious about this we used to have i don't know if you guys know so we used to have uh, i think we did this probably for like previous i would like to think we used to have summer and winter coding camps in, in amrita bangalore and the summer coding camps were like a month okay they were like a month long and we would typically fall sick even sometimes in the middle of the camp uh, we because the weather at bangalore is is a little shaky so uh, and we used to have winter camps we we had a lot of fun man. i mean now i i think of all those memories as like very very uh, i would like to say something that i would treasure kind of thing learning to code and sort of like being with these people we used to play cards i think all night then morning get up and go code and uh, 
probably we used to go hang out in the Forum Mall in Kormangla, Bangalore, which is today very famous, was just starting that time. So we used to go there and going to a mall was like a major thing for people like us back then. So um, you were talking about the drop rate and uh, so that was one of the things I uh, think you would have like a very good perspective on so uh how much do you think even even if we keep generally seeing the pattern that's happening right now uh even if we keep like the number of joinees into the club like completely open uh we eventually get like 20 people maximum and then there will again be people joining in and then people might be going out all the time it ends up with like 15 members inside the club so and that's with the whole total number of let's say thousand two thousand people studying in one batch so how do you think that keeping the interest of programming and coding and like doing it very consistently of course there are people not part of the club that are doing uh, things like that but then how, how do you how do you think this being in this particular group of people who are doing it kind of influence and motivate you, yourself and your batch mates and the whole psychology behind, behind that thing so it's more like again yeah like i said earlier it's more like nurturing this environment right so the point you brought out is actually very nice in the sense that there are people who are doing cool things here but there are people doing cool things elsewhere as well but what you want to do is that you want to make sure slowly make yours like a place where you have to go if you want to do cool things it's it's like this magnetizing kind of effect right so after a point, it will be more like if people want to do... So, this is what it, it turned out to be after a point. It was like, uh, if you want to do ICPC, yeah, this is your place. If you want to do GSOC, this is your place. If you want to do BIOS, this is your place. So, it it all started... It's like a, like a trickle down. This is more like a trickle up kind of effect. So, everything kind of eventually ended in this uh, environment, I would say. And I would also say that the dropout rate is uh, this thing, but I always feel that uh, even people who dropped out, right? I mean, I I am in touch with, uh, still in touch with some of them. If you see, they dropped out, but the thing is, they still got something out of the club. They don't feel like uh, they dropped out because uh, the club didn't do anything to them it was more like they couldn't they they didn't have their priorities sort of like such that they wanted to do this because yeah as you can see for some people academics also like matter a lot and especially if they are looking to go to higher studies they want to really be the topper of the toppers and that kind of thing so sometimes that takes more priority sometimes placements take more priority so yeah yeah it so uh you just mentioned like when you were in bangalore and like tripping for icpc you had a lot of great memories like the memories you treasure so what is one of your favorite memories uh okay that's picking one is like uh, super difficult but ah okay so i'll tell you a memory which is not okay so uh, it is related to this whole coding camp thing but it came to me much later okay and so i was in boston when i when i was back here in the us and i met this uh, school friend of, high school friend of mine yeah. And we were talking about something and uh, he was like, hey, dude, I didn't do anything in my undergrad. I wasted the, all four years. I came to know that there used to be coding camps in 
Bangalore organized by Amrita folks uh, and I wanted to go there but I just didn't have it to go there and he was like do you know these people by any chance who who ran it and then I told him that dude I was the one who was like sort of running it and then he was like okay I mean this would have been much more easier for me to go if I had known this so yeah I think that's like a nice memory yeah and he was not anyway connected to amrita he did his undergrad in sastra uh, so this the the effect that so with between uh, within us it was more like okay yeah we are going and doing this but to see that this the kind of impact that it had on some random he was like a random undergrad person at that point in time right that was very very uh, uh, fascinating to me yeah that's there a lot of people actually know about amrita and like when you meet them they actually know about stuff that's going on like i was like this last year i was a part of this thing called the mls fellowship so the guy who was my pod pod leader he actually knew about amrita like when he found out that i am from amforce and from amrita he was like oh yeah i've been here i came to the bio in ctf qualifiers yeah so usually yeah because people know about all this to be honest like Amrita clearly isn't seen as something that's probably in the IIT and IIT bits level, right? But the the thing to this thing is that we have certain things that we can identify with, which are not there in a lot of those other universities. So that is something that's kind of interesting. Yeah, one thing I wanted to ask again, like from what you were saying, like ICPC is seen as like something what people like their foot into uh, getting into a job inside Amazon or Google and things like that. After your undergrad, uh, you pursued your uh, PhD, and after that, I think uh, now you are working in AWS. Uh, so, do you think like there was a motivation like from the whole time, like start starting off with your undergrad itself, that you wanted to get into something like Amazon? or was it like that was it like something that just came along to me, uh, on the way i would say during my undergrad actually like my dream was to work for google and okay. i did end up spending a summer there but then i decided to go back to continue grad school uh, continue my phd so yeah during my undergrad the thing was that yeah get into one of these big companies but i one thing that i loved about club and loved about working with pincer in general is that he always pushes you to think beyond so it's like okay you get into the big four now what do you do next is that so there are a lot of people uh, even like some of our seniors who went to work for one of these companies and they are happy there in the sense that they are they are set there and they like their day to day work and they do cool things and so on but uh, i think the club opened my options up in like several ways in the sense of hey you know what you can actually go to a grad school you can do a phd you can become a professor you can do research and someone will pay you for it so <laughs> that i think is yeah uh, so in that sense i feel like there are a lot of opportunities out in the world and we are not aware of most of them until we work in those specific domains and that's when you understand okay uh, oh, here is like a nice opportunity that i could go pursue right uh, initially you said that you did not like you are a person who did not like programming but then you loved mathematics but and then you ended up in something like amazon which is 
known as a software development company for the most part so i think the changes were like pretty visible like getting core into doing icpc and then pursuing research and then adding up these skills and uh, and the personality also kind of changes and the attitude towards coding in general <laughs> might have also changed over the years now also are you able to you know uh, the work that you have done and the research that you have done are mostly math oriented or things that requires a lot of math so are you able to kind of still focus on the mathy kind of things aside of programming or do you find yourself coding for the most part well i would say on a daily basis my work is uh, more uh, software engineering driven although i would say it's slightly more like it's a bit of an applied science because we do take papers and then we kind of like implement a few things that they do there and or discuss even those things and so far but i feel the most rewarding thing if you see in terms of it's actually transferable skills which somehow people don't uh, so today for instance like you can see the documents you, so when you typically do a phd and uh, you the kind of documents you write the kind of uh, talks you give and how you are able to sort of uh, If you are given a problem, how are you able to slice and dice it? Can you like, for instance, work independently and then try to understand like why this, even with respect to a bug, right? Let's say there is a bug that, that you are working on. How do you understand the problem? Can you understand the problem and sort of say, has it been occurring before a particular release? Uh, we call these regressions. When has it kind of come up? So these things I feel require problems. So, Software engineering is also about problem solving skills and PhD makes you a better problem solver. But the thing is that uh, research, I mean, so doing research is very different from doing engineering, which is what I think you mean by programming as such. Right. So, uh, but the thing is that what, I, what I'm trying to get across is that there is like a bridge. So you actually take some skills and go here. and similarly i could i do i do some research on the so i work with you guys for instance i also work with my advisor we still continue some you can see that you can actually take some skills here and use it there so more in terms of engineering you have like very clearly aligned priorities you know okay this is my p1 this is my p2 and uh, if i want to do this i have to do this 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 then i'll actually get here you get those kind of skills are like i think you get them only from sort of industry and you amazon it's by well known that it's a very cutting edge environment we have a day one culture so yeah you pick that up and then you move it's it's like moving lego blocks right so you have something here you take it and put it there you there is something else there so you take that and put it here but what matters at the end of the day is you are able to grow not just right. career wise but more like as an individual that is so like you said like there is like amazon is like cutting edge and you uh, learn quite a lot from there so like i just wanted to ask like uh, what did you learn from the club and the things that like what are the things which you are still using in a professional setting the things that you learned from the club which are still helping you out right now so what are those kind of things i would <laughs> i would say first of all hard work because before i came to the club i hardly used to <laughs> so uh it i was i was rarely driven i think uh, like i said the initial focus that vipinsar uh, made me do in terms of this icpc i am still able to carry that thing of being able being focused and delivering results 
I would say that's something that, and not giving up also. I would say so, being very persistent, uh, and that is a skill that came very handy in a PhD because the general consensus people say that PhDs are very smart. I personally don't buy that actually. So to do a PhD more than smartness, you actually require a lot more persistence. You should not give up. You should be able to. push you and your research through even if the whole world says that hey this is crap anyway yeah it, uh, so uh, regarding motivation i i'd like to like kind of go at that point uh, like uh, generally in, in in the way we we are all studying and the way we are all growing like in, in india the education system and things like that we are not very much focused into coding from school even even uh, people who kind of have like a programming background like they are not very much into research or uh, they just know like some programming language and that whole motivation of uh, that transition from coding like one or two hours a week and going into you know sitting eight hours in a lab and trying to figure out something and trying to learn that generally elsewhere like people pick up as a kid and programming is like part of their life a part of what we study like how in india how you the same preference you give to math or science it's kind of given to coding as well in elsewhere so do you think like these four years and working with weapons are i think so kind of patch that up for you and then that kind of you know give a extra boost to say like you said uh, to go and pursue things like research and you you kind of felt the confidence in yourself right yeah i can do this i've been doing so many things yeah i would say yeah it also kind of comes into your muscle memory right i actually had this excellent opportunity of uh, teaching uh, so basically i think they were probably the 2013 batch people who came in in 2013 or no they probably came in in 2012 maybe i'm just messing up the So I taught like a problem-solving course for them, and they were first years. So it was like a standard, like a puzzle-solving, problem-solving kind of session, and it really showed me how much I enjoyed mentoring people, and it it helped me like cultivate that skill. So I think that so there is this notion of Gurukula in the Hindu culture, right, where you say that uh, you basically like do random things that might sound absolutely random. but it all comes together like beautifully and shapes you in a certain way so i think i mean teaching them was probably like a one would think of it like maybe like a trivial activity a simple activity but the kind of impact it had in my later life uh, i think that's pretty much like close to a decade after all this right so i i can see that it it really pushed me to basically take up mentorship and sort of volunteer to mentor or volunteer to teach in yeah in that sense it was really helpful yeah that's uh, that's actually kind of you know inspiring for us also to hear because vipin sir also uh, like whenever we have teachers day or things like that when we go and wish him hello sir Uh, happy teachers day he'll say uh, actually happy teachers day to you yourself because uh, you have been mentoring students for 2 to 3 years so you should consider yourself that way and yeah kind of the approach was kind of uh, really nice like we follow this approach like mentorship and we have a mentor and a mentee and it's kind of related to how things were going in the past uh, like the gurukulam system something like that and then 
nowadays people are again realizing oh there is this lot of benefits of you know doing following the same pattern should we implement it into the current society in a much high scalable way or uh, and so on so what, what what do you think is your thoughts on that and like kind of scaling let's say the amphos culture into the bigger world i would say yeah i i personally feel like life is built on great mentors so if you see any like successful people right and then you uh, so for instance bill gates his mother was like a his mother and his nanny were probably the single the two most important people in his life because his mother got him the contract that he got from ibm and his nanny was the one who taught him programming but mentors are always in the shadows we only see the successful people we see oh this guy is like monstrously good and what not but if you had if you take a step front and go kind of understand how they came to be there you will realize that at every point and every crucial point they would have had people to kind of guide them saying hey why don't you go to this this way blah 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 and then that's when they would have took off so in that sense i would say yeah any efforts to kind of bring in uh, more people like not just for the numbers but more like giving more awareness of the club as such uh one one dream that i had and that didn't uh, that i still have and didn't go very fulfilled was basically having amphos in all campuses so right. and scaling we tried something like that with icpc but uh, it didn't it didn't stay long so that's something that i would want to do like uh, because today it's just amrutapuri having but itmade also has like a lot of very good people and so does bangalore in fact like amrita bangalore you can see uh, i don't know if you do you guys know about rohan prabhu uh no not really. uh, so he was in amrita bangalore and he was someone i used to talk to and look up to uh, like crazy programmer today he runs his, his own startup he's sort of like the director of engineering he's a very cool guy i mean like he's your proper the, the, the traditional hacker kind of person you can just go set code and basically like build software push it out so yeah you have people like this but you don't know uh, we don't know most of these people i knew i knew him because i think he intersected somewhere at some point in time but yeah it would be good to and i think it would be a nice effort i don't know probably there is a effort like you should try to this podcast is a good thing I think you should also like try to get some of these seniors who are not like super well known but today they are doing like really well yeah uh, i mean especially given the situations for the past 2 years we had we we were also thinking okay what's going to happen the club is grounded on the idea that everyone comes to the lab at let's say 5 or 6 o'clock and then everyone starts working together and the whole energy is kind of going on there so that kind of pushes everyone to not be lazy especially in a college environment it's very easy to get distracted like a lot of things going on a lot of things to do so uh, this kind of group is grounded on doing their work or uh, what not even during celebrations this group eventually comes together and we would be celebrating on our side itself so it's like a family uh, uh, so with the point i was saying is this online method has actually shown us that we could do it it, it actually we we were forced to do it like 
mentor students online and we had two batches who has never seen college uh-huh. or never been to the campus at all so and this is probably the 2020 uh, yeah <laughs> and these two batches we were able to like successfully you know mentor them some of them got into gsat some of them started off with a little bit of research work and you know we we have been testing out ideas uh we formed a new team for hackathons and everything has been going really well in online and it kind of proved that we could do this for our campus but then kind of uh, even when th- things go offline or even right now something what the skill we learned and the kind of the system we have built around the whole work from home situation we could potentially apply it to uh, having amphos in bangalore campus or ectimede campus and have this system kind of integrated into like one decentralized like let's say discord server or something like that where this community is being built and obviously then nothing beats that offline mode but then these things are happening the same way we are doing in amrutpuri campus the same motivation the same drive is happening in coimbatore and bangalore i think it it it's just something that we could you know end up doing in the near future and also i mean if you uh, i don't know if you guys do this so there are also this these things you can have like a contest for instance you can there are things where you can actually host your own contest like the for program for icbc there used to be this thing called spodge peer online judge i don't know if it's still around so there you could actually like run your own training your own contests and so on and that way you can get people because you you just send an announcement on some email thread or something hey there is this contest this sunday and then you can kind of like uh, go do that so those things help but yeah i mean one thing is that especially for new people in person probably like matters a lot more because you need to do some hand holding right like for them to understand one thing that could also help is that uh, i don't know if you guys do this is uh, this kind of some exercise for improving code reading and documentation so and documentation is is not like not to i mean compared to writing actual code if you see documenting the code is a different kind of challenge and it could be like a good warm up exercise as well you can tell them that uh, hey here is a function read this function and then write a documentation on what that function is that would involve probably like they could also write, run tests on the uh, function and kind of like try understanding what's going on yeah that is something i mean that is one idea we never thought about but then i think it really matters because even google had an eff- uh, like kind of a you know uh, effort on the side like with google uh, google summer of docs and it it was completely focused around documentation and i don't know like there had been talks about it being discontinued i'm not sure yash do you, do you remember like if it was discontinued yeah, right now it's going on a couple of my friends are mentoring there actually Oh, yeah nice. so seems to be like something maybe if people really get good at documentation like there is a huge gap for these people like they could try out google summer of docs and then you know move into that kind of way yeah it should be because the thing is when you start especially if you're working in the industry and you're writing code right maintainability is a major challenge and if you have friends working in other companies they'll tell you that the code the tech depth 
this is what is called as a tech debt in where you have some code that you wrote which says some deadlines and that has like a lot of readability and maintainability issues so when you go with the fact that you are really good at documenting things you are good at you, know, you can read code you can understand code that 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 really helps i had a question regarding like while you were working on a phd so um, we have like uh, like some of us are trying out for higher studies and stuff so while researching we find that uh, phd's are like pursued almost as a job over there in america so you get a stipend and all so it's basically a job so i wanted to ask you like what is your motivation to basically complete a phd like see it through because i've heard quite a lot of people just drop it midway some schools like cnn and stuff they say that almost around half to 3/4 of their people drop out midway and just one by four call graduate with a phd so what is the motivation to just see it through and go through all that research work for five years i yeah, i mean in the starting of my phd i, I remember this vividly uh, this professor told me that dude the cost of your phd is is like a house in california Uh, that's not probably true anymore given the cost of a house in california now but the thing is that the opportunity cost that you pay for doing a phd is significant but the thing is that people who drop out, again the dropout rates i i have had friends who who have dropped out from a phd and so on but the thing is that you really need to enjoy this is true even for working actually you need to enjoy what you are doing on a day to day basis man so if you don't do that after a point so let's say you try a few research ideas they don't go anywhere or they go somewhere but uh, you're not able to like write very compelling papers and so on or at some point you just feel that okay whether i do the phd or not it's not going to improve my career prospects in any better way people usually move on of course some people also end up with like bad advisors there are like other things in the academic or bad peers in the lab you 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 can get scooped see there is so much uncertainty in a phd that you can pretty much screwed get screwed in like so many ways i mean some of these ways you will never even think of uh, until you have actually faced it so it becomes harder to put up uh, after the point so my advice would be i wouldn't say it's like the cost of a house or something but i would say uh, if you want to do a phd that should sort of be like your only want in the sense that you should want the phd so badly then you can actually go and do a phd so it shouldn't be like hey if i do this phd i will actually get this job if i do this phd i will actually get this uh, i'll be this celebrated researcher so the problem really comes when you attach this uh, causation effect to the phd saying that okay due to this i will actually kind of like uh, there will be a lot of consequences of the you have to be content with the fact that okay yeah you did so to me that's what right so somebody was paying me to drink coffee and think about math problems all day that, that was like a good deal to me so uh then again it boils down to the fact that you had a like really good uh, mentor or phd guide uh so like you said like people might end up with bad mentors 
and then so uh, you know the question i had was do you think that these mentors like throughout your life the pencil and coming to your phd mentor so it really matters right like how how good the mentor is and when i when i i look at people i ask people doing phd they say it doesn't really matter which university i'm going through as long as i get the mentor i want uh, that would be the most rewarding thing to me i totally agree with that and it's a very understated fact what you said actually most people whom i have interacted with who want to go for a phd they don't understand this they are still behind like oh i didn't get into like a top 10 school i rather got into only like a top 30 school i am like dude <laughs> like focus on getting like a good advisor because this is a person whom uh, you will be work who will be seeing it's like a marriage pretty much right i mean your advisor is easily the single most important person in your academic life throughout your life if you go somewhere where a recommendation is needed inevitably the first person who will be contacted is your research advisor and they will be asked to like sound out like a feedback for you how was this person in what not so choosing a good advisor is and i would also go on to say that choosing a lab so if it, if you're doing more system c research choosing a good lab is also very important because uh, what you will do after the phd more or less will fall in line with what people of course you might suddenly decide that okay i don't want any of this and go become a investment banker or something but the point is uh, in the likelihood of things you will mostly end up doing things similar to what your lab mates are doing and what your peers in that field at that point in time are doing because they will all there is that like i said there is that again this trickle up effect that happens in industry so if you are in an area you actually like kind of uh, get absorbed and more or less very similar yeah that that really makes sense i mean i think most of the uh, seniors like in our batch like our case we have been interacting with you throughout like period of eight months nine months i think right now and then we kind of have the idea how things are going to work and when we were juniors we used to ask our, our seniors oh you're going to research which university do you want to go to and then they would say the same answer i don't really it doesn't really matter like if you get into a university where you can find the uh, mentor who's working on the same problem that you are interested in at the same time they are really hands-on and they would guide you into the right path that is what matters and then i think people who are mentored that way or people who are built that way is how i like to put it they also have that passion towards you know mentoring students and you know uh, getting them to come into the same mindset like you are so you have been w- very much tied to weapon sir and us you have been talking you i think you almost talk to either somebody from amphos like every day every one day at least one day in a week uh, so Yeah, that has been true like pretty much uh, every year since I so yeah I've been kind of in uh, on and off in touch with uh, most of the stuff that's happening in the yeah so uh, what uh, that is not something that I can say for sure not all aluminates are doing but then obviously people have their life there are situations that put them in that way but then you if whatever happens like whatever distractions come in between you make sure that you stay grounded you stay in touch with the club you mentor some students so what do you think your passion and your drive into that and like 
it's is it kind of like giving back to what amrita has given you or how would you put it i would say like i said one is definitely that i love talking to working with students i love working with you guys so that's definitely there so there is that personal uh, interest as well and also in terms of giving back i would say i believe a lot in the value based system so in the sense that where i don't know i think this is probably swami vekananda or someone who said that if i give you 1 rupee and you give me 1 rupee we both will have only 1 rupee each but if i gave you an idea and you give me an idea we both have two ideas each so i believe in such a kind of where transactions are not just see when you work for companies and all that you will come to realize that there are so many things that you cannot just share even i cannot share like about 99.99% of the things that i am doing on a daily basis with you guys when you are in a university and especially when you are an undergrad and stuff you have this uh, what do you say you have this um, you have so much time at your disposal and you have so much energy also so much of it is very creative to absorb whatever is around you and i think i i really love that because uh, i now realize that how much limited time i have compared to how much i used to and even in terms of mentorship right now i hardly spend like probably like a couple of hours or something i used to be able to spend like hours and hours of time and, and so you as you grow older you will be you will realize that uh, the amount of time that you have is limited so i think as you are younger when you when you are again in your undergrad or when you go to grad school try to like absorb try to find people and ask so i used to go around like asking people to mentor me i would be like hey can you i really like this stuff that you are doing can you mentor me in this and i even learned chess that way because i had a senior lab mate who was who was like pro and i used to be like dude i will bring a chess board to the lab i will take care of all these mechanics but teach me so i want your time and that's all that i want so this way i think you you probably like uh, yeah uh, i even uh, i think this was something we had to touch upon like way earlier in the podcast but then now that you mentioned it came to my mind you your batch started icpc this whole culture of ic plus practicing for icpc in the club a batch you mentored went to icpc internationals so how was you know mentoring these students for icpc internationals like the whole uh, whenever they qualified uh, each round they went out to the higher level and then they had the chance to participate in icpc internationals and you know kind of being the man behind that how did it make you feel and <laughs> make me sound like i was behind some nuclear mission or something <laughs> uh, it is good uh, but i would say uh, and i tell this even to my i mean especially where i am in bere you find like super competitive people whether they do competitive programming or not they are just like insanely competitive and i tell them this and i used to tell the tell this to these people who i mentored also is that most of the time we actually fail to enjoy the process we are always focused on the result we are like i am doing this and this is what i want okay fine you want that 
that's okay but the thing is what i feel you should because that is very limited right okay yeah you make it uh, somewhere you you make it big fine i mean people will talk about it for some time maybe people will talk about it for like 50 60 years and not not but what is your mental state i think that should be the people are talking about einstein's work now but uh, the thing is that how how much of a happy person was einstein that's always the question that i am generally interested in so yeah i i enjoyed the process i still enjoy the process of course i no longer mentor people in competitive programming as such so you i mentor you guys we let's say we publish in like a top conference tomorrow uh, per se i would say i would definitely be happy it would be very helpful for you guys to propel your application and what not it will give me more confidence in my mentorship and all that but that's not the part that i would have enjoyed the most i would have definitely enjoyed like working with you guys as you figure out these new ideas and Uh, that really drives you know, that drives me i, I am a, i am also a kind of person who you know uh, does not like feel very uh, you know emotionally connect to your mentee and kind of share all the things but then kind of give a hard time and mentor them like if they do something wrong i end up focusing on the wrong more than what they do right of course appreciation should be given when it's due but most of the time we i also kind of try to push them into okay you did this wrong but then you should not see this like that uh, a bad thing you should try to amend it you should try to fix it so and i think you are also kind of that kind of person who believes uh, you should make a strong person at the end like personality wise and then uh, kind of force them to you know go out of their comfort zone so uh, what is your view on that like you know building like hard people like strong people who can face anything emotionally or do you say mentorship should kind of be uh, on a very emotional level or uh, or do you think there is obviously a balance between the two i think i would say it's a mixed bag although if you ask people who worked with me uh, i mean if we even put this question to you guys you guys will tell that i will probably like do say like a lot of horrible things as well and yeah i am i am pretty strict there is no uh, this thing there at all but yeah so the thing is that uh, i feel it's like the the correct analogy i can think of is kind of this chiseling the diamond right so you don't get like a bright diamond so easily you need to kind of fine grain it sort of polish it and that's how this this thing so in the end you see the shine yeah good but if you see the effort that has gone to get that that that's a lot and there is also like a preparatory mode that you need to face the outside world i think because the outside world is honestly like horrible and no it's if you would be lucky you should consider yourself lucky if you see some empathy somebody is like okay i'm empathizing with you and Like, hey, be okay and all that. So I think uh, the goal of a good mentor, uh, and this applies to advisor also, is not to just care about your work. Work is good. I mean, yeah, you're, if you're a competent person, you're going to do some good work and all that. But also to see how they are actually 
pushing you as a person how you how they are shaping you as a person to continue your transition into the next part of your life yeah so at i had a different kind of question so um, like i've seen like you tweet quite a lot about uh, movies and stuff so what exactly is your interest in that like i've, I've noticed you tweeting a lot about that kind of stuff so what kind of movies do you watch like what kind of interest do you have in that oh actually i mean these days i don't watch as much movies as i would uh, expect to but i generally like i i generally like art a lot and i like appreciating art which i also think is an art so you see a movie uh, and i don't know like i am a big fan of mohanlal and i think uh, his 80s work is something else altogether i mean i don't think you can even pick like uh, i think i've said this also somewhere that you you get to today's four or five actors and you mix together you won't get like that body of work that he did in 80s i feel an artist puts them out through their work and by that what i mean is uh, you you read a book for instance uh, i don't know uh, do you guys watch have you guys seen tanya vardhanam which is like a, have you guys seen any old uh, malayalam movies at all yeah i have seen old malayalam movies but then it's not something you know uh, if you ask the name i'll probably not say it but then if have i see a scene from it for instance yeah yeah obviously oh, <laughs> so that's one of my uh, I, i love that movie like uh, and you see there are like very it's a very uh, it's a fun movie that also spoilers ahead it also becomes a tragedy towards the end right but if you see the way it is made you actually feel for the characters and uh, you have fun with the characters but when the movie's tone changes you actually kind of feel for the characters it's not some joke you you're like hey why is this guy being melodramatic of sorts and that i feel is kind of an artist expression it's mohanlal playing a role he's expressing himself a certain way and the director or the writer are expressing themselves in a certain way and this creative exercise fascinates me a lot uh, because people are showing i feel I, i see any art medium be it like a painting do you guys know about van gogh um yes sure yeah like i guess i've heard but yeah that's that's it i've heard it's a legendary impressionist and i tell you like i used to have a very poor opinion of paintings okay and i went to this uh, van gogh museum it was a part of a tour in amsterdam of a conference they let us be in the museum for like a few hours in the night when no one was there okay so you were just on your own and it was an exclusive show and man you should see you you see some of his paintings like my favorite one is called sorrow and it's so depressing i mean you look at it you see so much pain in that painting and that i think is something and research uh, and this is not said that much out because people always try to separate science and art but to me uh, like doing math uh, is a creative process doing research is a creative process and i feel if you start appreciating arts that already gives you a lot of uh, creative potential 
and writing about movies was something i picked up because i wanted to write papers better i thought okay this is something that i like let's try writing about this so maybe that will help in me so yeah so long answer to a very short question uh, is that uh, i find these modes of uh, i don't know do you guys write yeah blogs write blogs the those more more technical or you talk about like okay yeah, i kind of started out writing non technical because obviously first year the only skill i kind of had and like could use to potentially show off was writing so non technical was there but now it's more technical yeah sometimes it's technical writing is good definitely but sometimes try to uh, i don't know if you guys have the habit of writing diaries or something it's good to kind of pen down uh, some things that you feel and because when you go back right you actually see those things in a very different light and you realize that maybe you could have done a few things differently or sometimes you feel you actually feel happy that so maybe that thing made you sadder but when you go back and revisit it you will feel like okay i did the correct thing uh, at that point so yeah i would if you are doing research i would strongly strongly recommend you to start expressing your thoughts more because during a phd there most likely be won't be anyone to listen to you your parents will probably listen to you because well they are our parents after all <laughs> they have to listen to us but it's it'll be very hard for people to get you in the sense of most most questions people will ask you will be like hey when are you going to finish what kind of job are you going to get when are you going to publish your paper uh if you publish something then it's more like hey when are you going to publish in like a premier venue so it's will you be getting this award that award blah 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 but no one will know that pain that you uh, not no one per se but more like it will be difficult for people to understand and empathize with that pain thanks uh i think we have already taken like one hour so i'll just go into the conclusion questions so what what do you what do you wish you had known like when you started out with your journey in technology career or like field like looking back look, what do you think would be that one thing that you had already known uh, i would say you one thing that uh, i didn't know was that i was i i am i am generally pretty extroverted as such but i didn't know how much people skills matter in the real world so i was more on the opinion that uh, okay yeah you do work and that's all that uh, matters but that's not true so even if you do like extraordinary work you need to be able to communicate your work effectively and that's when you get actually more people to work with you more people to be excited about your work so communication skills go a long long way and that's something that i learned and one thing that i also learned which i think which i find which i'm very happy that i learned was that uh, how small you are in the larger scheme of things is so let's say you work for a big company you are pretty much like a Uh, a minuscule person you contribute you increase the value of the company and all that but if you think about the company so tomorrow the so you are an expert in say hardware okay and uh, the company from the next day decides that they don't want to do anything with hardware 
your job is gone i mean you didn't do any mistake in this right you became an expert in hardware and hardware is a very potent business this company wasn't a that potent business and that's why you went and joined here but you just fell out of luck so this is something that people fail to realize i feel is that how tiny they are in the overall so that's why i also emphasize on enjoying things that you do and so on because tomorrow you could probably get into like a situation for no absolutely no fault or choices of yours there are so many things beyond your control in the and it's important to understand and accept it yeah that makes a lot of sense at all like yeah we also like when we started we also used to be like yeah we need to show off a technical skill like the work we do that's what will get us to places but yeah slowly as we worked we also realized it's more important to yeah develop relations with people we need to have contacts we need to be able to speak properly and communicate effectively yeah, yeah so it's very and being nice goes a long way actually and as you go further and further you'll realize that the num- the amount of nice people is also like drastically sort of decreasing so yeah so i had one final question at us so um like you've been giving a lot of advice throughout the entire session but like is there any particular future advice like you would like to give for the current students current students like i said i think this boils down to what i said about the undergrad time and all that right so in my first year for instance our goal was every day we used to watch a movie or something <laughs> so this is what we used to do like hang out and having fun is fine but uh, understand that uh, you have a lot of time now so try to be more open to things now because later you might not just have the energy so if you look at people who have a family there are far more like people who own a house and then they have to pay mortgage they have so many things at stake so at that point the kind of work you do or like uh, how much you work these things are no longer decided by you but when you are in school these things are actually decided by you. you can choose to work on if you want to learn tabla you can spend like a semester learning tabla you will have enough time for it i am pretty sure about whether you get good at it is a different question but you can still learn it so yeah so try to absorb all of that and i'm pretty sure you and don't stay too rigid on hey this is what i want to do this is the only thing that i want to do be more flexible things are far more connected than one may think so embrace that and and of course don't forget to enjoy your normal day to day life in in this process so yeah ata thank you so much for taking like one hour long <laughs> to talk about these things i mean it goes a long way like uh, i hope you know this podcast actually we look back into the some of the youtube sessions that you have taken in the past our alumni like our seniors like who are right now alumni and then we realized like some of the things we could go back and explore and things like that so i hope this podcast also kind of uh, you know echo into <laughs> into future uh, generations of the club that is to come even after you know our batch has gone out or we have become alumni and then the students who are currently there in the club completely goes away and then there is a whole new batch of people who we have never interacted with and then this video might be like one turning point into you know decision making so i hope it goes a long way and thank you so much for taking your, uh, your time out of your schedule to do this it was really fun you know every week we talk about technical stuff and how to <laughs> how to improve some of the algorithms and things like that that then getting to know you in a very uh, personal level 
it it was a very good experience for me as well and so with that uh, i would like to you know conclude the podcast and have a yeah. great day thanks thanks for having me over i hope that like you guys said in maybe like a couple of years you guys can do a podcast you <laughs> can kind of like go see that and get inspired continue the good work that you guys are doing thanks a lot yeah. thank you ata thanks i hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we did hosting it we release our podcasts weekly so don't forget to tune in next week for our upcoming podcast with our next surprise guest happy listening